Welcome to the Podcast at the Hill. You are about to hear a message from Pastor Daniel Blaylock entitled, Why Gratitude Matters, from our series, From Grumpy to Grateful. Psalm 100, we're kicking off a new series for November called, From Grumpy to Grateful. Will you say that with me? From Grumpy to Grateful. Now it's going to be very important during the next few weeks that you look right ahead at me and not at your spouse, okay? I just don't want anybody's marriage to break up over the course of this series. Amen. If we're honest, most of our marriages, we kind of take turns being grumpy and grateful, right? And uh, it's a really bad week when we both land on grumpy, and a really good week when we both land on grateful. Amen? That's how it is at my house. I don't know about your house, but that's often how it plays out. Amen? Well, this morning, we're going to be talking about how we can make the journey from grumpy to grateful. I hope you'll make the journey with us throughout this month as we begin. Amen? Amen. I, I shared Wednesday night at our gathering. What a great night, Wednesday night. The Spirit of the Lord just came and fell and took over the order of worship Wednesday night. And our children were right up in the middle of that as the Spirit of God moved. It was the sweetest service, a great night. If you're missing the gatherings once a month, you're missing a blessing. And let me tell you something, your children are missing a blessing. Let me give a shameless commercial. I know some parents who shall not be named who keep their kids at home on the Wednesday nights we have the gathering because you think they're not going to connect with that. They come when we have kids' church, but you don't come when we have the gathering. It, you could not be further from the truth. Our kids were right here front and center worshiping, being touched by the presence of God. It was a great, wonderful night. You want to come every time we have one. The next one will be January. We'll be kicking off again. Don't miss the gathering. Say amen. All right, you come. Had a great night. I shared with them, oftentimes during this time of the year, people do their 30 days of Thanksgiving. They post on Facebook and all, all about that. And I've never been able to do that. I get about three days deep and realize that I forgot to post on day two. And I have to catch up. And then I get about 15 days deep. And I can't remember if what I'm thankful for today is something that I used two weeks ago or not. So... I just always mean to do well, but I just don't do well with that kind of thing. Maybe I need to make a list and post it every day. I don't know, but I just I don't do well with that. Some of us struggle with gratitude, if we're honest. Amen? Amen. A, a large dog walked into a butcher shop carrying a purse in its mouth. He put down the purse and sat in front of the meat case. What is it, boy? The butcher asked jokingly. You want to buy some meat? Woof, the dog answered. The butcher was intrigued. Could this be true? The butcher said, well, what kind? Liver, bacon, or steak? He said, wolf. He said, steak it is. How much steak? Half a pound, one pound, wolf. So the butcher trimmed out a pound of steak, packaged it up, and wrapped it up. And he found the money in the dog's purse that he was carrying in his mouth, just the right amount to pay for what was owed. As the dog left, the butcher was so intrigued, he decided to follow this amazing dog back home. He had to meet the owner. He follows the dog around the corner and up the stairs. And the dog begins to scratch nervously at the door. And a few minutes later, the owner opened the door. And the dog came in. Well, the butcher knocked on the door and he answered. And he said, yes, can I help you? And he said, man, that is the most remarkable dog I have ever seen. And he said, why, why? And the man said, well, I, I don't think so. I think you have the wrong dog. And he said, well, why? You're not impressed with the dog? And he said, no, this is an intelligent animal. No, he's not. He's not intelligent. This is the third time this week he's gone out and forgotten his keys. <laughs> you see, he just wasn't grateful. 
He wasn't grateful. Contrast that with the story of a woman named Pam. Pam worked in downtown Chicago. For many years, uh, they would encounter this heavyset middle-aged woman in a shabby coat soliciting spare change in front of an old brick church building. She greeted everyone with a smile and a pleasant good morning, and Pam almost always gave this woman something. After a year of this routine, however, the woman in the shabby coat disappeared and Pam wondered what had happened to her in front of the church. Then one beautiful day, she was back in front of the church again. Only this time, she wasn't wearing a shabby coat. She was dressed immaculately and she wasn't holding out her hand to receive a gift. She was standing there with a table and a, and a stack of boxes of hot Krispy Kreme donuts and she was passing them out to people who had helped her down through the years when she stood on the corner. You see, the lady had landed a job. She was doing well. She'd gotten on her feet. She'd moved across town and she came back to express her gratitude for everyone who'd helped her out in a tough spot. She was grateful. I want to ask you today, are you grumpy or are you grateful? Amen. Psalm 100 is our text. Read it together with me today. Let's read it aloud. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Amen? Amen. God's word for the people of God today. Thanks be to God. That's the first passage of scripture I ever memorized. And it wasn't for good motives either. It was the vacation Bible school at First Baptist Church in Durant. And if you memorize that passage, they had a big red cup filled with candy and pixie sticks. And it was decorated with a paint pen. It said Psalm 100 and had balloons on it. I can still picture that red cup with all those pixie sticks in it. And I was the first one to win one. I memorized my first passage of scripture for all the wrong motives. Amen? Amen. I love this psalm. It's a great psalm. And it answers a basic question for us. Why should I be thankful? Say that with me. Why should I be thankful? Why does gratitude matter? Why is it so important? Why does God's word over and over exhort us to be thankful people? Well, let's unpack that today. I want to give you three reasons why gratitude matters. Number one, we ought to be grateful because it is right. Say that with me. Because it is right. It's just the right thing to do. It is the right course of action. The Book of Common Prayer, there's this great little line in the communion liturgy and it says, Lord God, we are bound to give you our most humble and hearty thanks because it is right and our bounden duty to do so. It's our duty to be grateful. It is befitting to us. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. The Westminster Catechism, the very first question that they teach their children is, what is the chief purpose of a man? Why do we exist on this planet? What is the chief end of man? And the answer is to glorify God and to enjoy Him for And if we enjoy all the blessings, we ought to glorify Him and give thanks for the fact that He's given those blessings. It's right. It's fitting. It's proper. It is our duty to do so. We were created for the glory of God, 
not the other way around. We live in a society where we get things turned on its head so often. We believe that God exists in heaven for me and God does all that he does for my benefit and I'm at the center of everything. But that really is not the truth. God is at the center of everything. He's the one who created the world and he did it for his glory and his pleasure and we exist for him, not the other way around. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his And so we have to get that relationship right. It is very good and fitting that we would give thanks to the Lord. In his book, Folk Psalms of the Faith, Ray Steadman tells of an experience of the great old Baptist preacher, Henry Ironsides. Ironsides had just sat down one day with a friend of his. He'd invited him over to eat lunch with him. His friend was not a Christian, and he was trying to win him to the Lord. Well, the meal came, and Henry Ironsides bowed his head quietly and began to whisper a prayer. His neighbor just dove on into the meal, however... He was a little embarrassed that he didn't catch the cue and bow with the preacher and say the blessing. When Henry Ironsides was done, he said, you know, sorry, I'm just in the habit of diving right in. And Henry Ironsides said, I understand. I've got an old sorry dog that does the same thing when I feed him. It is proper that people who have been as blessed as we've been would return thanks to the Lord. That we would pause, give the Lord praise, that we would pause, that we would take a break, that we would recognize we have been blessed, we are grateful because it's right for us to do that. Being unthankful is a disgrace. A young man was sent by his parents to the state university through great sacrifice they had paid for his tuition, his room and board, but because his parents did not measure up to his standard of clothing and manners, He was embarrassed by them. One day they came to visit him and he pretty much ignored them. He didn't take them around town. He didn't introduce them to his friends. His self-centeredness caused him to forget the great sacrifice that they had made to send him there. He was embarrassed by them, but they should have been embarrassed by him. Because what was disgraceful was not what they were wearing. It was his attitude about them arriving on the campus. To be ungrateful is a disgrace. Perhaps the most famous story in the New Testament about gratitude is the story of the ten lepers in Luke 17. Jesus tells the story of how these lepers cried out for healing. And Jesus said to them, he he touched them and he healed them. And he said, go show yourselves to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses requires. And the Bible says that they went their way, they were healed. And one of them turned around and came back and fell at Jesus' feet and said, Thank you, thank you for healing me. And the Bible points out that he was a Samaritan. He was not even a Jew. He was not even one of the covenant people of God. He was outside the chosen people of God. And yet he's the one who turned around and came back and gave thanks. And Jesus said, wait a minute, we're not ten healed. Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? What does that tell me? It tells me Jesus was expecting them to come back. Jesus was looking for them to show up and say thank you. Jesus was disappointed when they did not come back and say thank you. And so while Jesus never commanded them to come back and thank him, he was obviously expecting it. 
and he didn't receive it from one, from any except the one out of the nine. Amen? I want to tell you, thanksgiving is expected by God because it's proper and just the right thing to do. What sets this man apart is this act of worship. Now, many people would say that this man was grateful and the others were not grateful. I don't think that's necessarily true. R.C. Sproul points out, he says, this is probably a very misunderstood passage. The difference between the one man and the nine is not that one was grateful and the others were not. It's the fact that they were all probably grateful in their heart that they'd been healed of leprosy, but only one of them translated inner gratitude into outward thanksgiving. And I want to tell you, if that is not the case for many of us, I don't know what is. God blesses us or someone else does a kindness for us. And in our heart, we're really grateful. We're thankful that they blessed us. We know we didn't earn or deserve it. And our heart fills up and says, wow, what a wonderful thing they did for me. And yet, how many of us take that next step and translate our inner gratitude into outward thanksgiving? Do we actually stop and say, thank you, Lord, for doing that? Do we actually stop and write a thank you note and thank that person for blessing our life in that way? Do we call them and drop a note and say, you'll never know what that meant to me, what you did? We ought to move from inner gratitude to outward thanksgiving. And that's one of the ways to move from grumpy to grateful, is to begin to express our gratitude. When it, you know, It's interesting that what we talk about has such a powerful impact on us. And for many of us, we inwardly are grateful, but we outwardly, outwardly are griping. It's amazing how even among the people of God, we tend not to hold back our complaining and our criticism. We let that come out of our mouths, don't we? Even if it's just to our spouse or in front of our close friends, we don't tend to hold back about complaining. Why, I can't believe that went that way. Oh, did you see what they did? We open our mouth and complain pretty readily. And the Bible says if we want to move from grumpy to grateful, one of the things we've got to do is learn this lesson of controlling our tongues and deliberately being as vocal about our praise as we are about our complaint. To train our mouths to speak words of thanksgiving. The word thank you, thanks, I appreciate that. Those words ought to flow freely and regularly from the mouth of a Christian. The Bible says we shouldn't speak words that are that are unwholesome, but we should instead speak words of thanksgiving. That's what the Apostle Paul teaches us. And so this inner gratitude ought to become outward thanksgiving. Jesus expected them to do this. Where are the other nine? He expected their thanksgiving and he had every right to expect it. Why should we be thankful? Because it's he who made us, not we ourselves. We're thankful because it is right to be thankful and to express that thanksgiving verbally and publicly. Number two, we express our gratitude. It's important because not only is it right, but we're needy people. Say we're needy. Whenever you are needy, you should also be humble. Humility is fitting for us who so often have to fall on our knees in the presence of God and ask God to do what we cannot do for ourselves. It's one thing to ask someone for help. It's quite another thing to have an attitude of pride or arrogance in the asking. If we're going to ask someone for help, Humility is the right spirit in which to ask, always. Amen? 
Have you ever been put off by someone who came and they asked and it's just like they just expected that they were going to get it, that they were entitled to it, and there was no recognition that what you were doing was a gift to them? It was just, oh, I want it. I mean, I don't know about you, but oftentimes we notice this with our children, right? Hey, Mom, get me one of these. Hey, Dad, give me this. Excuse me, are your legs broken? No. Guys, we're going out to eat tonight and we're all ordering water. <laughs> Dad, did you bring your wallet? No, I want a Coke. Well, unless you're paying, you're not getting a Coke. What would get you a little mileage would be, Dad, could I, could I please have a Coke instead of water? Sure. Humility is fitting for people who are needy. <laughs> we ought to be humble because we're needy. Amen? Say we ought to be humble. We're not self-sufficient. We did not begin our own lives. The psalm says, it is he who made us. We do not sustain our own lives. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We didn't begin, we do not sustain our own lives. We ought to be thankful and acknowledge to, before God that we are dependent. When we say thank you, we're admitting that we've received from someone. Grateful and grace come from the same root word. We are grateful because we've been graced. We've been given a gift, gratis, gratuity, something done for us for free. We're admitting that it is a gift and not what we earned or something that was our due. One day a mother needed to pay the paper boy and so she borrowed some change from her son's stash in his weekly allowance in his drawer. A few days passed and the mother had not repaid the money so the son very gently reminded her by putting a note and sliding it on the kitchen table where she'd be sure to find the note. And he listed the amount that she owed. And thankfully, he didn't tack on any interest to it. After he left for school, his mom found the bill. And she flipped it over and on the back, she wrote out a list for him of all the many chores that she did on his behalf. Cleaning his room, cooking his meals, washing his laundry. And at the bottom, she drew a line and she put a dollar amount out beside each one of those. And she tallied it up. And as you can imagine, ladies, it came to quite a sum at the bottom of that line. And then she took a red pen and she marked through and she write, Paid in full because I love you. And she slid it under his supper plate at the table that night. Too often we look at our blessings as entitlements and not gifts. Our society celebrates a self-made man. People who pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. That's the American way. We like that sort of thing. But can I tell you today that in the kingdom of God there are no self-made Christians. And none of us pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps. You and I are here today. We're saved. We are rescued because one day the Lord Jesus hung between heaven and earth on an old rugged cross and he shed his blood. We're here today because the Holy Spirit found us in our sin when we were lost and undone and broken and heading to hell and He lifted us out of a pit and He set our feet on a solid rock and He established our goings and there ought to be a song of praise in our mouth. Praise to our God who lifted us when we could not lift ourselves. Humility is fitting for us, Andrew Murray said, as creatures and as sinners. And as saints, 
We ought to be thankful today because God made us and because we were lost and he had mercy on us and because now every good thing we've received, we've received as a gift because of Calvary, not because we earned or deserved it. Amen. There are no John Wayne types before the throne of God. There are just humble lepers who've been healed by the mercy of Jesus. In fact, the first one in the Bible to ever boast about his ability in God's presence was an angel called Lucifer. You remember him? The Bible says in Isaiah 14, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit on the mountain of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Too many people in our culture today believe Satan's lie that we're self-sufficient, that we can make it by our own effort. Our hearts fill up with arrogance and we forget God. Romans 1 and 21 says, Although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. Neither were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Pride and ingratitude always travel together. So do ingratitude and ungodliness. Paul warns in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that they, in the last days men will be unthankful, unholy, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Unthankful and unholy always go together. They're one step apart. When we lose sight of how good God has been, we stop living like we ought to live. But whenever we recognize that every good thing we have is a gift from a holy God, it makes us want to live a life that honors and pleases Him. It's gratitude based in humility. Say humility. A humble heart of gratitude says with David in 1 Chronicles 17 as he began to raise the treasury to build the Lord's temple. He looked at how much had come in and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? From a lowly shepherd on a hillside to the king of Israel. Who am I and what is my family that you've brought us this far? I want to tell you if you ever sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and you trace where you were when you started and where you are now, you'll say with David, Who am I and what is my family that you've been so radically good to us? Amen? Thanksgiving is fitting for us because it's right. It's fitting because we are needy. But most importantly, it's fitting because He is worthy. Jesus is worthy. The Lord's worthy of our praise. Notice what he says about him. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. We ought to be thankful and rejoice in him because of what is true about God. Not just what's true about us. I'm needy and ought to be humble, yes. But more importantly, he is good. Say he's good. His goodness ought to capture our hearts. Psalm 40 and 5 says, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I were to declare them and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I want to tell you, whenever we're discouraged and in trouble, one of the greatest things we could do would be to take a pen and a piece of paper and just start listing every good thing God has done for us. I have a member of our congregation who spoke with me recently, and she was in a dark place. And, and a few weeks, few weeks later, I called, and she was in a much better place. And I said, can I ask you what happened between then and now? And she said, I sat down. I sat down with my blessing book. I said, excuse me? She said, I sat down with my blessing book. 
She said, Pastor, I started and I looked back and I have listed since I became a Christian to this time, every time God would answer a prayer for our family, I would go write it down and I'd write the date down. And she said, when I went back and I began to flip through that book, I thought, look at how good God has been to me. Look at how faithful, look at how true. She said, and I could not stay sad any longer because the Lord has been good to us. She said, we were facing great difficulty, but I know that God will answer us. I know that God will take care of us, and I know it because of my blessing book. Every time we've gotten in trouble, God has seen us through, and this time won't be any difference. Her heart shifted because she remembered the Lord is good. He's good. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. But the verse gets better. Not only is he good, I mean, I'm thankful the Lord is good, but the problem is I haven't always been good, right? And if God's just good to the good, then that's going to leave me out some weeks, amen? But the Lord is not only good, the next line says, and the Lord is merciful. Aren't you thankful of that? He's not just good, he's merciful. The word is chesed, it's this great Hebrew word. It's a word that is so big, you can't even translate it with one English word. It means mercy, love, kindness, loving kindness. It speaks of the undeserved love of a superior to an inferior when they deserve it least. That's what chesed is. Mercy, loving kindness, tender mercies. It's described in Psalm 103 best. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities, but as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His mercy on those who fear Him. I'm thankful today that God is merciful to us. We can rejoice because He's good, because He's merciful. And then thirdly, we can rejoice because He's faithful. Say faithful. His truth endures to all generations. His truth the word truth is a Hebrew word he met, and it doesn't mean truth in the sense of something is factually true. Now, it, it can mean that, but that's not what he's driving at here. The word truth, the word emet, is the word faithful. It's, we use the word true in a different way even in English, don't we? Not just only as a statement true, but when we talk about a person, we say, you know what, that guy is a true blue friend. What do we mean? They're loyal. They're reliable. They're faithful. You can count on them. They do what they say. They come through when you need them to. They keep their promises. They're a man or woman of their word. They have integrity. They can be leaned on without any fear of, of them falling through when you need them. His faithfulness, His truth endures to all generations. God is true in relationship. Oh, aren't you thankful for that? The story of the Bible, the story of the entire Old Testament is the story of God being faithful, isn't it? God made a man and a woman in a garden and they fell away from him. And even though they broke their end of the relationship, God didn't let it all fall apart. God stepped into a garden, sacrificed an animal, covered them with the skins, and said one day everything that was lost in this garden will be reversed in another garden where my son will plead and he will, he will go along with my will even though you've ignored my will. God was faithful. When the whole world went away and God decided he had to bring judgment and bring a flood, he found a man named Noah who found favor or grace in his sight. And God latched onto that family and God rescued and replenished the earth through him. When all the nations were worshiping idols, God found one man named Abraham and called him out and made him his own and through his family raised up a people. 
when all the nations had gone away from God and were worshiping false gods, God reached down and found his people 430 years in the nation of Egypt and they were about to lose their identity and forget their God and become just like their neighbors. And so God raised up a man named Moses and with a mighty right arm, he led them out of Egypt's bondage and he reminded them and showed them who their God was. God was faithful to them. They stood at the base of a mountain named Sinai and they sacrificed animals and they put half the blood on the altar and they sprinkled the blood on the people and the people made a covenant with God and said we'll be faithful to God, we'll keep these ten commandments, we'll have no other gods before you, we'll not make a graven image, we will not use your name in vain, we'll honor your day, we'll love our parents, we won't kill, we won't steal, we won't commit adultery, we won't covet and we won't bear false witness. We promise Lord and we call death down on ourselves if we ever break this covenant and before the month was out they're dancing around a golden calf and God comes down and God brings judgment but God does not destroy them all even though he had every right to because God was faithful and God bore with them brought them into their land and when they went away from God God allowed them to go into exile, but even then he brought a faithful remnant out. And even when they were not interested in being the people God called them to be to shine his light to the nations, God sent his son, the Lord Jesus, right in the middle of that group of people and raised up a church that would send his message to the ends of the world. And even you and I today, we're here today, not because we've always been faithful, but because God has been faithful to us. He is good. He is merciful. He is faithful. Faithful. Through the Lord's great mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Why does gratitude matter so much? Because it's right, because we're needy, and because God is worthy. You see, gratitude sharpens our focus. Say that with me. Gratitude sharpens our focus. It shifts the attention from me back to God. Gratitude shapes our humility. Let's say that together. Gratitude shapes our humility. It teaches us that our blessings are gifts. They're not entitlements. They're something we ought to be grateful for. And finally, gratitude strengthens our faith. Say it. Gratitude strengthens our faith. Like my dear friend with her blessing book, Whenever we face trouble and we wonder if we can count on God to get us through this time, looking back at the record of God's past goodness, mercy, and faithfulness, remind us we can count on Him to get us through this time too. He will do what He said. He's true to His promise. We can rely on Him. He is good, merciful, and reliable. Amen? Stand with me all over the Lord's house today. As Chad comes... I want to ask you a couple questions as we sing together a song of praise and closing and as we open the altar and give you a chance to pray. I love our graphic, by the way. I'm a big Charlie Brown fan, especially this time of year. I love Charlie Brown. But if anybody can get grumpy in a hurry, it's old Charlie, isn't it? I think we all have a lot in common with Charlie. We all do. But you know, sometimes... As much as we can joke about being gripers or complainers. or The reality of it is this. It can really be a serious issue. Because sometimes being grumpy is an indicator of an even deeper problem in our heart. It can be an issue with pride. 
Many times, whenever things don't go right in life, and we begin to grumble and complain and mumble and murmur, maybe we ought to back up a minute and ask ourselves an important question. Who do we think we are? Who am I that I should expect to skate through life without anybody ever cutting me off in traffic? Who am I that I should expect to go through life and never have a bump in the road? Or even a tragedy? Or a crisis? But let's be honest, we always think it's going to happen to someone else. We never think it's going to happen to us, do we? And when it does, it's so easy to get grumpy. Instead of pausing in that moment and humbling down and going, Lord, I don't know why you've allowed this to sift through your loving fingers, but I trust you. And I know that you're good, merciful, and faithful, and you're going to carry me through whatever I'm facing. Is your grumpy heart an indicator of a deeper problem with pride? Is your heart filled with pride? Maybe you're here today and you've never truly bowed the knee and the heart to the Lord Jesus. You've never acknowledged Him as Lord and surrendered your life to Him. Or maybe you're here and you wrongly believe that you've earned all the blessings you enjoy and that God had little or nothing to do with it. You may be like the farmer who rode with the preacher out on his place one day and the preacher was looking and going, My, what beautiful fields God's blessed you with. My, what immaculate barns the Lord's given you. The farmer looked over at the preacher and said, That may be true, but you should have seen this place when God had it by himself. Some of us feel like the farmer, don't we? And we forget that the Lord has been good to us. He's given us a great deal. Have you ever humbly received the gift of salvation purchased by Jesus at the cross for you? The best way to show you're thankful for a gift is to unwrap it and enjoy it. Too many of us today sit back and we reject the gift. Are you a grumpy Christian today? The trip from grumpy to grateful starts with a choice to count your blessings, remember God's goodness, and intentionally express your thanksgiving to the Lord. Be merciful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever and His truth to all generations. By your heart with me today. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your people. And I thank you that I am one of your people called by your name who have received the gift of salvation and been brought into your family. But Lord, I pray today for us in the room. Maybe today some of us in the room, honestly, we're, 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 we're not only grumpy, but if we'd be honest with ourselves, we have slid right into a hole. We're depressed, we're down in the dumps, we've lost our joy, we're filled with anxiety and fear and worry, we complain and we gripe and we, we grumble about the problems and the trials in our lives, and Lord, we've lost sight of you and your goodness and your faithfulness and your mercy. Lord, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would come and convict us and help us to realize, Lord, that grumpy is more than a bad attitude. Grumpy is often a proud heart. And grumpy may just be sin for us. Lord, show us our hearts today. And help us see. Push on it, Holy Spirit. Peel back the onion and show us what's really there. Why are we so touchy about life? Why are we so ungrateful? Lord, help us. Is there a proud heart that views our blessings as entitlements rather than gifts of a good God? Lord, forgive us if that's us and bring us back to the base of an old rugged cross where we look up into the face of a dying Savior and realize nothing good have we done to deserve God's own Son. 
Lord, today, I pray that you would bless us. But Lord, I pray today if there's one in this house who is not a believer, they've never trusted Christ, they've never surrendered their heart, I pray that today they would see, maybe for the first time, that Jesus died and rose again for them so that their hearts would belong to him. Lord, today they have been granted forgiveness of sins and eternal life if they'll trust in Jesus. But Lord, today they've got to swallow their pride. They've got to get in the gravy line along with all the other sinners. They've got to come and bow at the cross and surrender their heart and trust Christ as Savior. Lord, may they do that today in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. We're going to sing a song of praise to our God, expressing our gratitude and our heart of worship to Him before we're dismissed. And if you need to receive Jesus, I want you to come meet us. Or if you're a Christian and you've lost your joy, and you just need to come and say, Lord, shift my heart from grumpy to grateful this morning. Help me this morning. The altar's open for you. Come and pray. If you don't come, let's sing. Let's lift our hearts. Thank you for listening to our podcast at The Hill. We pray that you are blessed by this message. For more information on what's happening at the Hill and to stay connected, visit our website at foresthillcog.org, join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash foresthillcog, or download our app from the iTunes or Google Play Store.